As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs and medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs and medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Can you see it? Did you The puck comes right to Pedersen, who tries a bank pass for Besser. In with a shot, he scores! A moment's notice. Head on You're listening to Canucks Conversation. Quinn Hughes beat reporter here. Like, I don't, I won't cover the Canucks. Yeah. I cover Quinn Hughes and what he's doing to the Canucks. A member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. Just wave the guy and get Demko involved. I wanted them in and down. Wow. We should do a radio show together. <laughs> right on. I want to fist bump you right now. What Pearl steals, cutting in, shoots, scores! Don't waste all the good stuff on the off air. Let's go. Hello Canucks fans and welcome back to another episode of the Canucks Conversation brought to you by the great folks over at Zephyr Epic. You can use promo code Hockey Season, capital H, capital S, all one word, Hockey Season. That will get you $5 off your order at ZephyrEpic.com. That is Z-E-P-H-Y-R Epic. Check them out on all platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, Instagram, whatever it is. They've got you covered for all of your trading card needs, so be sure to go check them out. They also have a retail location in Surrey, but if you can't make it out to Surrey, uh, remember, check them out online. Free shipping, Canada-wide, on any order, over $50. My name is Dave Quadrelli. I'm joined, as always, by the man who built the place, Chris Faber. Our technical producer today, as always, is Alex Allard. We're here to talk Canucks. Uh, we're here to talk Philip Roenick. Philip Roenick making his debut for the Vancouver Canucks tonight. Obviously, the Canucks trading a first and a second round pick for Roenick ahead of the deadline. Chris, I, I don't want to jump into the hockey talk right away because I'm sure you have something, but that's the big topic today in my mind. Yeah, 
No, I don't have anything off the top. Uh, no baseball talk today, Lisa says. We're going to have to do the, uh, I don't know how you can do your script here that you wrote, but you got to get that in uh, in the second segment. Uh, then we have lots of NCAA stuff coming up later in the show. It's a huge day for the NCAA free agents. We already have uh, three of the top forward free agents, like one period away right now for being eliminated. So they could be signing with NHL teams very soon. We'll get to that later on in the show. But yeah, let's kick things off. Phil Peronik, it was confirmed today by Rick Tockett that he is going to make his Vancouver Canucks debut. This is big. This is big. This is the guy they traded a first and a second round pick for. Um, obviously, people aren't going to judge off of one performance, but there's a lot of hype about this debut, that's for sure. Like People want to see what Philip Ronick looks like in a Vancouver Canucks jersey, and tonight's going to be that opportunity to see that. I, I think he's going to be with Willannon. Uh Not sure... Like it would, they didn't take the ice today. They didn't take the ice this morning for practice. They just did media availability today, um, so we couldn't really see any line combinations. So people will have to wait till the game to see who Hronik is going to be playing with. Like, there's an option with Hughes. There's an option with Willannon. We saw him skating on the left side in the one practice that he did have the other day. That could be his thing. Like, I don't know. Uh, I think we have to wait and see what Philip Hronik's gonna fit in the Vancouver Canucks lineup. But we can touch on a few things in his game. But your your thoughts on, I guess, the overall debut here of the guy that uh, you traded a first and a second round pick for as a team that's going to miss the playoffs. Interesting uh, trade, but we've dove into that enough. The player, what do we expect tonight? It's going to be a game where everything he does is very overblown and very closely examined, which is why I think I think he's going to get a good good chunk of time with Quinn Hughes, man. I think he's going to get put in a position to look really good. Uh, he, I, I think that's what's going to happen today. Like, I, I think we're going to see it. I know we had this discussion yesterday, so we won't rehash it. But I really think we're going to see him with Hughes for a solid stretch of time here. Uh, what I'm expecting from the player, I know he moves the puck really well. I'm excited to see him because, let's be honest here, none of us watch Detroit Red Wing games. And when we do, we aren't looking at specifically Philip Roenick. Nobody thought he was going to be someone that the Canucks acquired. So, to be honest... I haven't watched a ton of the player, but I've heard what other people say about him. And I'm not one of these guys that just wants to, okay, well, I've heard this, so he must be this. I want to see it. I want to see him do it. I want to see him do it in a Canucks uniform. Think about the acquisitions, right? Like think about Jason Dickinson, for example, right? Where, oh, he's he does this. He brings this. He brings this. He's going to be great. Comes to the Canucks. He's poo. Nate Schmidt, same thing. We hear he's this great top four defenseman. Now, I understand there was a few things with Schmidt uh, that led to him not being a fit, and he was a great guy. So I'm not trying to rag on anybody here, but I, I'm. this is just to the point of I want to see a player play myself before I try and tell people what to think of the player. Yeah, I agree with you, but I also have to think that the expectation and the baseline of what you expect here has to be much higher with Hronik than those two. And you brought it up like those two. Um, the players were example, like Dickinson's going to be the three C moving forward. That's a, a tough position to fill, right? So is a top four defenseman. Nate Schmidt was supposed to be that he didn't work out, but they also didn't give up a first and a second round pick for either of those players. They didn't give up that much combined to get both of those players. So with Hronik, you need him to come in and be good. Like not necessarily from game one, but at least at some point this season, you need to see some good games from him. And, I think a lot of people have looked at his stats and, and specifically this season and looked and be like, okay, he's an offensive guy. He's got nine goals on the season. That's all fine and dandy. I wanted to bring up his shooting percentage. It's more than double than it was last season in this current year that he's had with the Detroit Red Wings. He's also had a career shooting percentage of 4.7. Those numbers have flipped this year. So that's a big jump going up to 7.4. So like, you know, the Red Wings and Steve Eiserman, they make some smart moves. Uh, with him, he's obviously had a very hot season. He's been scoring goals. I do want to bring this up, though. Can we get the Heronic 5-on-5 stat up here? He's been not as effective offensively, actually pretty low, like a minus 15% off of what the Red Wings were doing. That's not great numbers at 5-on-5 offensively, but at least you can look at what he's done defensively this season with the Red Wings, and you could say, okay, he's he's improved the play than what you've seen from the Red Wings this season. So that's at least a plus to look at. Um, I think that's the thing that the Canucks are looking for here with the right-shot defenseman. It's, it's about being able to have the offense in your back pocket when you need it, but really, you, you just need a guy that you can trust to move the pocket and play good in his own zone. Like, that's what you want from a right-shot defenseman, specifically a guy who's going to be playing behind Quinn Hughes, or as you hope to say, uh, uh, beside Quinn Hughes tonight, I guess. So that'll be interesting. I would love to see it. Like, I would love to see them be a pairing tonight and play, you know, 18 minutes of five-on-five five together and, and play extremely well. I just, it's going to be a difficult um 
ask for him to come in immediately and bring that off to uh, to his game with Vancouver, where he's only had a couple of skates with these guys. Uh, first game's going to be a little bit difficult. It always is for defense pairings. We've seen that quite a bit uh, over the years here with watching the Vancouver Canucks. But I did want to bring up this as well with Phil Peronik. I found this penalty-killing stat. Sorry, go ahead. A uh, little bit of breaking news here. I don't want to interrupt you too much here, but Christian Willanen, uh the club just announced that they've signed him to a two-year, two-way contract extension. Uh, nice to see, and I, I got to be honest with you. We'll, you know what? Finish up on Aronic. I wanted to get the news out there for the live listeners. We'll talk about the Willanen extension after. Finish up what you're saying about Aronic on the penalty kill. My apologies for interrupting you. Yeah, no worries. That's good. We'll get to the the uh, Christian Willanen stuff in just a minute here. Glad to see that he got a uh, contract done. That's great. Um, I think he's going to be playing beside Philip Peronic tonight, but uh, we'll have to wait and see for game time to see what that happens. But like I said, I brought up some numbers here. Um, not that great effective offensively, but pretty good defensively. Here's the really interesting one that I found on, and this is all from hockey Viz, by the way, great stuff over there. I think we played, um, used some of their graphics yesterday on the show. You can see a, a 20% drop in goals against when he's on the penalty kill for Detroit this season. And then when he's been away from them, their average goes up 13%. So that's a 33% swing on them getting scored on offensively or when they're in their own zone on the penalty kill. And I think that's very impressive. That's going to be a spot that hasn't really gotten that much light shed on it yet with Philip Peronik and what he can bring to a team. But he was very effective this year on the penalty kill. And these are expected goals. These aren't typically just the goals that are going in. You're seeing that with like shooting percentage and goals for and goals against plus minus all that stuff. This is the expected goals. He's done an extremely good job on the penalty kill. So it's going to be very curious to see where he fits like that with the Vancouver Canucks and potentially even playing there tonight, right? Like why not? Why not get him on the penalty kill with these guys and get things rolling because like we've talked about for a long time, this is a extended training camp. We've been saying it. The coach has been saying it. The general manager said it. So let him roll, let him struggle, let him learn, let him develop and, and all that stuff. Like let him learn the system and play into it for a little bit. So I expect Heronic to get half decent minutes tonight. I expect him to be a pretty big fixture in what the Canucks defense core looks like tonight. I think that's why they've held him out for a little bit, given him an opportunity to skate on his own skate with the team and now get him in the lineup. This is an NHL defenseman. He's a top four right shot defenseman. He's a big addition to the Vancouver Canucks. I'm excited to see what he looks like uh, in number 17 for the Vancouver Canucks tonight. Okay, uh, so let's get to Willanen here. Let's talk about Christian Willanen, uh, re-signed by the club moments ago to a two-year, two-way contract extension. Uh, this is a guy the Canucks added, and he has just worked his butt off, basically, since he got to Vancouver, Chris. And we were impressed with him in preseason, then he got sent down, and d- he did really well in Abbotsford. AHL All-Star I'm a little bit surprised, to be honest with you, and it's good for the Canucks, don't get me wrong, that they were able to get him on a two-way contract. Like, I, I would have expected that maybe he would get a one-way, especially for two years. Um, I, that's a fantastic contract for the Canucks. Uh, Dollywall hasn't tweeted out the annual average value yet um, or what will and will be paid in the minors in the NHL. Uh, everybody knows this, I think, at this point, but just for those that don't, two-way just means you're paid a different salary in the NHL. And the AHL, it has nothing to do uh, with waiver eligibility. So uh, Christian Willanen, two-year, two-way contract extension, tidy piece of business for the Canucks, dare I say it, Chris. It's a good contract. It's a really good contract for the Canucks to add to their defense depth, a guy that we've really liked to see. Yeah, people in the chat are excited. Everybody is. Everybody's pumped about Willanen getting the, the contract extension, as am I. I'm very excited. I think he's he's been great so far this season. Uh, in the NHL, he's been excellent in the AHL. Um, and I think the two-way contract's kind of perfect. And what I'm going to guess here is his number in the in the minors is going to be pretty strong in its own right, right? Like he's going to get a decent amount of money. That's something that you can give the Vancouver Canucks as an organization props for is they're willing to pay their guys a, a pretty good AHL salary if they're willing to kind of do this 2K thing. Dominic uh, in the chat here uh, says 775 based at cap, based on cap friendly, 500K in the minors. So that's a lot of money to play in the minors. That is strong. That is what's going to keep him around. And it's great because he's a he's a guy that I think is good for the Vancouver Canucks' defense depth, right? And you're getting him now basically league minimum. You're paying him, you know, a pretty penny to be in the AHL when he is going to be there, if he is there. So happy for him through and through. This is, I think, a win for both the player and the organization. Yeah, you mentioned, like, one-way deals are what you really want. But for Willan, and, like, he's battled so much in the past few years, he's really got to kind of prove it on this contract again to really kind of earn that spot of, of getting a, a one-way deal. But... 
for now, this contract makes a lot of sense, I think, for both sides. And it's good to hear that it's multiple years, right? Like having a couple years will land. And I like that. I love that. I think that's a great addition to this team. And the fact that the money is completely variable in the AHL is, is awesome. That's, yeah, through and through, this is a uh, tidy piece of business. I like this. I like this a lot. Yeah, absolutely. And it's a good bet. It's a good bet again on the Canucks. Uh, this is a player that the organization likes. He really likes the organization. Friend of the show, the Canucks convo curse is officially dead because they just... Is this the first player that we've had on the show that the club has re-signed or signed to a contract extension, Chris? Because I'm trying to think. Well, Aiden McDonough. He might be the first. Well, that that doesn't count. Extension. That is well, contract or extension. A I player that hasn't been traded away. I like to think of it as prospects that don't make it to the NHL for certain reasons, whether it be traded away. So I'm giving McDonough. I'm giving him the plug there. Uh, Jack Rathbone got an extension. He was on the show like four times that season last year. So count that. But uh, yeah, he didn't, he didn't go down the road of Mikey DiPietro or uh, or who else was it? Who else was a big one on the show here? I'm trying to think. Adam got it. Adam got it. <laughs> Myrenberg got a lot of talk on this show as well. But uh, hey, they broke the slump on that one. I like it. I like that uh, that they got this deal done. Final thing I wanted to mention about Heronic uh, though, as we, uh, well, I think we can spend some time on Willannon tomorrow. I wouldn't mind talking to him about uh, the contract before we actually have a conversation about it. So Harm and I will handle that tomorrow. Um, but with Ronick, very curious to see, not necessarily this season, but I think you can get a small indication of it from this season. Like, how many minutes is this guy going to play, right? Because over the past four seasons, each of those years has seen a drop in minutes. He's down to about 21 minutes a night right now uh, in Detroit. Obviously, personnel has made a difference there. Mo Sider coming in and being so effective is obviously going to eat up some minutes. They, you know, He's their horse now uh, in Detroit. But... I'm curious, like, is he a, is, do you think Ronick's more of a 21 minute guy or like a 25 minute guy? What do you think he's closer to when he's actually playing with the Vancouver Canucks? Do you think he's a 21 or 25? What's he closer to? Tonight? I think he's yeah, closer tonight, to Yeah, tonight, no, not tonight, but, just like in but, general. Yeah, yeah, let me get to it. I think long term, I think he's closer to 25. And I think maybe Quinn Hughes now, you hope is closer to 25 than he is to 30, right? Like, you hope that in turn it means Quinn Hughes is closer to 25, but I I think Ronick's closer to 25. Like, Myers logs 23, right? Like, usually it's about 20 to 23 for Tyler Myers. For Ronick, you have to think it's more, right? Like, you have to. They need him to play more than that. No, I agree, and I think it is going to depend on how they utilize this guy, and also that that kind of opens up my eyes too to how much is Tyler Myers going to play? Like if Myers isn't playing with, or sorry, if, if Heronic isn't on that top pairing with Quinn Hughes and Myers is now like your third, third right shot defenseman on the depth chart, like, you know, that's very possible that could happen because obviously Hughes and, and Myers doesn't really work as a pairing together. But if you got uh, one defenseman on each of those top two pairings, eating up 23, to, to 30 minutes, really. Like, you are looking at your defense and taking a lot of a weight off of these guys. I wonder what Tyler Myers looks like playing 16 minutes a night, 18 minutes a night. Like, I wonder if that helps his game a little bit. I think you, if you want to look at things optimistically, that might be something that you can kind of take away from Tyler Myers' games. Like, maybe he looks a little bit better not being asked to be a 23-minute guy. Yeah, absolutely. Does he look a little bit better? And hey, like, you know, I was listening to Halford and Bruff this morning and Frank Cervalli, friend of the show over at Daily Faceoff, was on the show Halford and Bruff this morning. And what he said was, you know, Myers right now, the asset that you have in Tyler Myers compared to what you're going to have after that signing bonus has been paid, like Myers is a lot more valuable once that signing bonus has been paid and he's only owed $1 million in real dollars. So, um, yeah, that's something to keep an eye on. I got to go uh, let out Bert, but you keep going. Sure. Uh, on that note, we did hear uh, Rick Tockett yesterday have some some words about Oliver Ekman Larson, who a lot of people and we've we've discussed this on the show, but I th- I don't think we've gone down this road like too too far. Like I don't think we've gone down the road of talking about an OEL buyout at a crazy level. Like I've heard a lot of uh, a lot of other people very much like spending a lot of time on this. I I think it's it's too much, right, to to buy him out this off season, and you kind of heard that set in stone by Rick Tockett, the way that he spoke about it and wanting to have a big off season. And I think Tockett, something that he's talked about a little bit lately is wanting to have these guys around in Vancouver for the summer, or at least parts of the summer, like, you know, go get your vacation, get your rest time, but be ready to, to work together and do this in the summer together. And I think OEL might be a piece that is like that, where 
He's got to kind of learn a new role with this Vancouver Canucks team if he is going to be back. And now with changes to the defense score and what I expect to see even a bunch more, like it's not the craziest thought in the world to think that the Canucks third pairing next season is like OEL and Tyler Myers, which is wild because that's a $13 million cap hit playing on your third pairing. And obviously that's not ideal, but I think you need to make an argument for that being a positive because you don't have the long-term effects of that buyout. That buyout's going to kill you with the four and a half million dollars. Like in a couple of those seasons, couple seasons over $2 million like that, eight years of that is really going to hurt you over a long-term time here. And it might be easier to kind of eat it for next season. But then again, like that contradicts a lot of the moves that they've made up to this point in the direction that they're kind of going with needing to be competitive for next season. So if you do bite the bullet and buy out OEL this year, you get the opportunity for next year. It's just it's a it's a short sighted view, in my opinion, to buy him out. And I don't think you can move him. I don't think he's going to retire. I don't think you're going to be able to get off this money at least next season. The only way to actually get off of the money for next season is to buy him out because it's only like a seven hundred thousand dollar cap hit at that point. I just think the long term effects of it are going to hurt this organization more than just having to play him on a third pairing next year and just eat that you have a $13 million third pairing. Yes. My apologies. Sorry. That was, uh, that was, I don't know why he waits to pee halfway through the show it is I, I let him go right before. Anyways, we're not going to continue this. So we're not going to continue the dog talk um, as he kind of freaks out in the back. Of course. Great, great, uh, great listening for sure. For all the, all the listeners. Okay. So right, finally, I want, I want to kind of bring it back here. All right. Go on, go on. Yeah. Before we get to best on best, what do you think? Saturday's got to be McDonough's debut, right? Like, that makes a lot of sense. In Chicago, um, on the road, family can get there pretty easily. They're from the Boston area. You know, quick flight, you're over in Chicago. I think that crazy storm's kind of past the East Coast now. Um, it's got to be McDonough on Saturday, right? Like, that's got to be the debut. He's been around the team long enough. I know he hasn't had, like, you know, 10 hard practices, but it's like, this dude's a hockey player. Like, get him in the lineup for Saturday. That's my thoughts on it. He's got to play on Saturday uh, against Chicago. And you know, with a loss, if they end up losing tonight, and listen, this is a bad Sharks team. They are losing a ton of games, doing an excellent job tanking right now. If they win, I wouldn't put so much into the win unless the team just plays like the one of the better games they've had this season. I would think that there's a priority here to kind of get McDonough into the lineup, and I hope to see it on Saturday because we're not going to see him tonight. Um, but Saturday makes a lot of sense for me. That's a game against Chicago. Feels like a really good one uh, for McDonough. Saturday is a good game. I, I want to see him in the lineup on Saturday, and we've talked about this before, but especially with the family in town, you want to see him on that line. You want to see him in Phil DiGiuseppe's place, right? Like, you want to see him playing with JT Miller. You want to see him on the second power play unit. Give him a chance. Give him a good chance to succeed. Just throw him in. Don't put him on a fourth line. Don't put him on the third line. Put him right in the top six. Family in town. Let them see what he can do. Yep, all about it. Uh, I'm down for it. I'd love to see what he looks like. And yeah, you're running out of games. You got a dozen games left. Get the kid in the lineup here uh, pretty quick. All right, let's get to the uh, best on best. This is your your segment here to, to dive into. Uh, and I got Alex all messed up on the ticker here. That's what happens. You leave the room for the dog. Oh, here we go. Now it's going. Best on best. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. 
Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Uh, you, we, you, I didn't give you long enough of a runway yesterday. Um, so do we have the McDavid clip? Can we get that up here, Alex? Do we still have the McDavid clip? I think I got it in there. Let's just get, uh, if we have it, Connor McDavid's comments on the, uh, he mentioned this. So this is like the, the day after him watching the Shohei Otani thing. Uh, battle against Mike Trout, which was a lot of fun, the World Baseball Classic and all that. And then there's been discussion about international play and how you can actually get best on best from hockey players. Do we have here, Alex? We might not have it. All right. I thought it was really cool. It's what we've been asking for in hockey for a long time, right? Um, You know, it was best on best. And, um, you know, look, everyone's talking about baseball. And, you know, did you see, you know, Otani versus Trout? And, you know, that's what hockey's been missing for you know almost a decade now. So, um, yeah, that's what we've been that's what we've been asking for. Best on best would be incredible. And as Connor McDavid said, hockey's been missing it for about ten years now. Quickly, quads without talking about baseball because Lisa said no baseball talk. We got to listen to Lisa. Mama Lisa's always right. But what do you think? the NHL and specifically hockey, I guess would do to, or I guess more the NHL, right? I feel like the NHL is going to be the driver behind this because they, they want to get some money out of this. They don't want to send it all off to the Olympics and let them rake in the dough. The NHL probably wants to make some money out of doing something here with some international best on best, but how do they make it feasible? That's the golden question, right? Like that's what everybody's wondering because the NHL understands growing the game to some extent right like to to some extent to their credit the nhl understands the value of making their product available and making their product something that people around the world can see right like we see this with the global series that they do you know the canucks played a game in shanghai in 2017 um we see games in in czechia we see games in finland we see this a lot with the NHL. Like they clearly have a focus on it. The problem is they want to make money off it, which is fine. I, I understand it. Like even Major League Baseball, the the World Baseball Classic is funded by the MLB, right? Like the World Baseball Classic is an MLB led tournament. There's a reason Rob Manfred was there when the championship was handed out, right? Like the MLB is very much so involved in that tournament, even if the winning team only had three MLB players on it. But regardless, The point here is that the NHL somehow needs to make money off it. So that's kind of our hurdle here is the NHL really needs to figure out a way where they are benefiting from it. And that's kind of the problem that it seems like we always hit is the players want to play in the Olympics. And the whole reason the World Baseball Classic is even a thing, Chris, is because the Olympics stopped recognizing baseball as a summer sport. Like baseball wasn't played in the Olympics, uh, I think it was 2006 that decision came out, or the year before, whenever the last Summer Olympics was. That was when the first World Baseball Classic was. The thing about the World Baseball Classic that differs from the World Cup of Hockey, the first of which was in 2004, the second of which was in 2016, Chris, how did we go 12 years w- between World Cups of Hockey? How are you going to build anything when you wait that long in between? The thing that the World Baseball Classic has done so well is build anticipation, right? Like, Fans know when it is. Um, you just saw Shohei Otani strike out Mike Trout, one of the greatest moments in the sport of baseball to ever happen. We just saw it. Now people are wondering, oh, wait, when's the next one of these? The answer is in three years. Like the next one is in 2026. And people are excited about it. People are excited because they just saw a really, really solid showing from MOB players, from players all over the world, right? They just saw it and people are excited. Like there's anticipation going into the next World Baseball Classic. And how could there not be? Like, how could there not be, right? Like people see this and say, okay, this is clearly really good for the sport of baseball. The sport of baseball won. That's what everybody kept saying after that game, right? Is the sport of baseball won. Can we say the same for hockey in any anything that we've seen the NHL do? Like, I'm not saying that the Global Series and all that is a bad thing by any means. What I'm saying is there's no, there's no, there's like yesterday I asked you who won the World Cup of Hockey in 2016 and you couldn't answer it. And that's not a knock on you. I don't think a lot of people could. The answer is Canada, by the way. I Googled it today. I had to Google it. The answer was Canada and neither of us knew it. In 2010, we can tell you who won. We can tell you who assisted the goals. We can tell you probably what minute it went in, what, 
like who's on the ice, all that sort of stuff. We can tell you all that because that was a really special moment that happened at the 2010 Olympics. The World Cup of Hockey could get there. Like that's my take, Chris, my ultimate take is that the World Cup of Hockey could get there. It's not worth just punting on and saying, well, it's not the Olympics and nothing's going to ever compare to the Olympics, so not worth it. The World Cup of Hockey could get there, but the NHL needs to commit to it. The NHL needs to come around on the idea of, okay, this is what we're going to do. We may not see immediate success. It may not be the World Baseball Classic right away, but if we stick with it like the World Baseball Classic has done, maybe we'll get to a point where the World Baseball Classic is at right now where it's in a really good place. Like the World Baseball Classic is in a really, really good place. The World Cup of Hockey happened in 2016. People want it again, obviously, but there was no one really clamoring for it and saying, wow, we really, really need to see this again. Obviously, the players want something, and the World Cup of Hockey is a fine start, but the NHL needs to actually commit to it and say, okay, we're going to do this for 10 years um, or 20 years, whatever, because I guess you'd have it every like four years or whatever, right? We're going to do it for this long and then we'll revisit the results, but we're not going to have two tournaments over the course of 20 years and say, well, this isn't working. You need to, you need to commit to it. You need to figure out a plan and you need to commit to it because all we're seeing the ultimate date, Chris, is that best on best is good for any sport, right? On the national level and international level, excuse me. And with the WBC, you saw that you saw that firsthand and Connor McDavid, that sounds like a guy like that quote we just heard. That sounds like a guy to me, Chris, who's dubbed the best in his sport and hasn't been given the chance to show it on an international stage. No, and it's tough. And it's it's difficult for hockey, too, because I think I touched on this a little bit yesterday. The World Championships is a big deal to every nation that's not in North America. So the United States and Canada, they don't seem to care as much about the World Championships. You'll see... NHL players go like I don't think they've gone for the past couple because of COVID and a little bit difficult traveling uh, to Europe from North America on that spot. But like you will see a handful of guys normally like a, the team's pretty filled with like depth players uh, from Canada and the United States that didn't make the uh, the NHL playoffs and have something to do. So they go play. But that's difficult to ask at the end of a season. I just think it's going to be hard. You need to make this a I think it's got to be like a preseason thing. Like it's got to be a little bit before the preseason before training camp. That's a big ask. It's also difficult to figure out, is it going to be two years? Is it going to be four years? What's it going to be? Or are they actually, is the NHL going to commit to making this like a similar thing to an Olympic break? Like every four years, they take two weeks off. They play the World Hockey Championships. That seems like maybe the best option. But there's also like, I don't know, there's there's binary answers here. I don't think there's more than that. Like there's the option to make this an NHL thing. I think the other option for NHL players to be this is like the NHL needs to collab with something, whether it be the world championships or whatever it is like they need to make sure that their best players are not necessarily like not necessarily forced to play in this, but like wanting to play. And it needs to be something that wants that these players want to play. When you have the backing of Connor McDavid and he's willing to come out and speak about it, props to McDavid for saying that, right? Like I really think that quote resonated with a lot of people on this topic and to me yeah there's two options it's the nhl makes this all in-house and it's theirs and they try their best and hopefully like you said they do more than two tournaments in 20 years but if they don't do that i think there could be an option to work with the world championships and make this a little bit of a different thing but that's going to be very difficult because then it's like if you want to do it in season during the nhl you have to get the shl the khl the liga you have to get them all to commit to taking that two-week break together so that's what makes it very difficult because you're going to want more than NHLers there, right? Like Russia's going to want their KHL guys there if if Russia's even in this thing. We don't really know even on that topic yet. But there's guys in Sweden that are going to want to be on this team. There's guys from Liga that are going to be on, on Finland's team. Like there's a lot of moving parts here, but I think you can absolutely move in the right direction of starting to create this as a four-year thing. And that's a good thing about it is like, hey, it's only got to be every four years. Like organize one Right now, start working on it for like two years down the road. You have a long runway to work this out. And then you run that. And then you have four years to say, okay, this worked. This didn't. We have four years to figure it out again. Like, I just like, I would like to see some commitment to it. And yes, Jesse, you nailed the word. Do you know what I, do you know what I'd like to see? Also word of the day, binary. Um, do you know what I'd like to see, Chris? And it was funny because I was thinking, I was thinking this idea out. And I think at the core, we just want to see Team Canada play. 
We want to see the U.S. probably with their best program that they've ever had. They have the most talent, I say, right now. Uh, JT Miller would be on that team. Quinn Hughes on that team. Thatcher Demko on that team. You'd see all that, right, for Team USA. And the thing that I keep coming back to is, okay, well, maybe maybe there's a world where you can just do a Canada-U.S. exhibition every two years, every three years, whatever, and it's just... Team Canada, Team USA. It's put on by the NHL. It's an exhibition. The best Canadian players, the best American players, and you make it actually matter. Like, I think about the bean pot, right? Like, I think about the bean pot as an example. And, you know, Canada, US is one. And then I was thinking about it and I was like, oh, maybe then you could do Finland, Sweden as well so that those players don't feel left out. And then I was like, oh, wait, I'm just describing the World Cup of Hockey, which the NHL should have. And that's what I come back to is it needs to be it needs to be something the NHL puts on and they need to do it because if you're going to keep using the Olympics as a bargaining chip uh, when you're doing the CBA, you're never going to get anywhere. And we've seen the results of that. That's that's all it comes down to. Yeah, I think Yeah, I think there's at least like what, what I kind of mentioned there is like, hey, if you plan it from two years, just like get hockey, like the IHF or whatever, whatever hockey you have to deal with, I guess – Get, just like tell Liga, tell the SHL, tell the KHL, like, hey, if you want to send your players to this best on best tournament, two years from now, mark these two weeks off. Then you have years to prepare for it. I really think it's not that hard to do. And I think players would love it. And then the other players who aren't, you know, going to play for their teams, they get an option to have two weeks off. And that sounds pretty good too. So I think a lot of players would be in agreement with this. And a lot of players who are the best in the world want to show that they're the best in the world. So I can't see this being that hard of a thing to do. The only thing that makes it difficult in, and this argument you have for hockey, you don't have this as much for baseball, though we did see a season-ending season ending injury at the World Baseball Classic during some celebrations. Bro, I, you know what? they got to start practicing celebrations in baseball because these guys, they run into each other, start busting ACLs like nothing, uh, you know, bending over, picking up crackers and, and busting a back. But, like, I, I think it's it's very possible to make this happen. You just need to... Get the players to commit and want to make it important, right? Because they have to play hard. They can't come in there and play like it's an NHL All-Star game. That would be the biggest worry that I would have about this thing being a flop is if you're not getting guys trying to win like a gold medal for their team like they do at the Olympics. It needs to have not not the same value because I think that's almost impossible. But like you're going to need some sort of incentive. And I just don't know what that is. I don't think it's money. Like, And I, I just it's going to be hard in year one to really incentivize the guys to play their hearts out for their country. And because it's not the Olympics, it's not, it's going to take time, but you need to start somewhere. And I think that's where I kind of close out on the topic anyways. Yeah. I don't have much more to add. It's just that, you know, I love baseball. Otani hey, Trout, that, that was a great moment. And, I hope to see it. I hope to see it in the NHL one day. By the way, I'm getting ripped here. They say uh, word of the day is supposed to be over seven words. People don't even look for them and they don't see that. Let me tell you this. Tomorrow's word of the day is a 16-letter word of the day. So if you miss that, I don't know if you're even paying attention. All right. Odds and ends. It is a massive day for the NCAA free agent pool. We already have games going on right now, by the way. Uh, Three players, the top forwards I mentioned a little bit earlier in the show. Uh, They might be available free agents within they might be that already now we've been going for 30 minutes i'm gonna guess that western michigan is lost maybe someone can let me know in the chat uh but cornell minnesota mankato western michigan and ohio state they are all lower seeds in their games today so they're playing teams that uh throughout the season were better than them could they win yes they could all win but western michigan seems like they've already lost uh cornell they're gonna play a little bit later minnesota mankato i think two and 230 for those two games uh, and Ohio State's one to watch as well. These all have some interesting free agents, so let's get right to them. Uh, Cornell, they have Sam Alinsky and Max Andreeve. They play Denver tonight. Denver is defending champions of the NCAA hockey tournament. They're very good. Uh, would not shock me at all to see Cornell lose tonight. They are one of the lower-seeded teams um, in this whole Sweet 16. They have some good players there. Sam Alinsky, Max Andreeve. You got the right D. You got the center. Watch for those two. Not necessarily signing tonight. Friday, Saturday, could be as quick as that. Uh, Minnesota Mankato, there's obviously a lot of names, and we've talked about one for basically it feels like four years now. Jake Livingstone uh, is the big right D out of there. Akito Hirose is the left shot defenseman. Brendan Fury uh, and Minnesota Mankato, though they have a very strong team and a, a veteran team as well, they play St. Cloud State, who has just been on one this year. They're a good team, uh, and that's going to be a tough matchup for Minnesota Mankato. 
Uh, I mentioned Western Michigan. They have Ryan McAllister, the left winger. They have the center, Max Sasson, and the right winger, Jason Poland. That's basically just their top line, and they've been rolling all season long, playing really good hockey. All three of them could be leaving uh, after this season. And, uh, yeah, i got to check the chat. Somebody check it. They get eliminated? I think they've been eliminated. Um, so that's three players to watch for for the forward group. And then Ohio State has a 21-year-old whom Dolly Wall mentioned named Cole McWard. I don't know much about this kid. Uh, I haven't uh, had anything when doing research. Nobody has written anything about this kid. I'm guessing Dolly Wall just had an agent tell him something about this guy. Uh, but he's 21 years old. So it's nice to get these 21-year-olds in the system uh, and maybe develop in the HL. But So he maybe he's one of those ATO options, but I feel like guys in NCAA don't want to come out just to be an ATO option uh, as well, like especially a player who thinks that they're going to be able to land an NHL contract. I don't know. I don't think it's. Uh, I don't think it's going to happen there uh, with anybody. We'll have to see. Dolly Wall hears something. He's going to talk about it, and he talked about it today. Um, so keep an eye on uh, Cole McWard, who didn't have a very good season this year, uh, but he's twenty one. So he's twenty one years old. That's a good thing. Uh, talk about last night a little bit. Some more odds and ends. Uh, Archie Baines in the AHL last night. He was excellent. I tell you, man. Uh, watching Archie Baines, we talked about him a lot on this show. I do want to play. For everybody here on YouTube here, I want to show his goal from yesterday. He scored it sort of like uh, you might remember the Odell Beckham Jr. goal that uh, or the touchdown that he scored a few years ago. Let's get this video up here for people on YouTube. Here it is. So Arshdeep Baines, uh, in a game where he was playing excellent throughout, I do have a shift that I want to showcase a little bit later, goes to the net hard on this goal last night, continues to score, put up points, reaches back like OBJ, picks the puck up, puts it down, and ends up scoring. It was a beautiful goal. Uh, if you're if you're just listening to this on the podcast, head over to my Twitter account. I got it posted there from last night. You might need to do a little bit of scrolling because the SHL boy's been popping off again uh, today. But Archdeep Baines reaches back with the right hand, OBJ style, brings it back down. I don't know. Maybe he held on to it for a second too long, but the rest called it a good goal. Um, so that was the goal last night from Archdeep Baines. Good stuff. I do also want to showcase just one shift. I, I talk about this, and this is this is why I'm so happy we're on YouTube. Because I can kind of showcase some of the things that we've talked about on the podcast for years. And if you haven't seen this, uh, if you're not, if you're just listening on the podcast, I'll try and talk your way through it here. But this is a look at one shift from R.C. Baines last night where he starts on the right wing. When he's in the offensive zone, you can see him here, number nine. He chases down the puck, makes one good pass under pressure, picks that puck up very hard off of his stick, makes a good pass right there as well. He ends up making five pass attempts on this shift. All five of them are completed stick-to-stick stick on a guy, continuing the play. Just an overall really good shift from R.C. Baines here, and it's about a 40-second shift, so we'll run it for everybody on YouTube here. But I tell you, this kid's been playing really good. He obviously got the goal last night, and that was great to see, but it's just been through and through. He continues to look better. Like He was he was the best player for Abbotsford last night. He was the best player on the ice, and you could see the ice time getting a little bit rewarded late in the game from Jeremy Colleton who looked at who was going for this team, and he ends up going with R.C. Baines to, to rock it out there. So, I mean, it was a really good game uh, from Baines last night. Like I said, I think he was the best Abbotsford Canuck last night for them. They weren't able to clinch uh, a playoff spot last night. Whoa, that scared me there. I got the, the mute up here. Uh, let's pull this up here. They've got the Philip Johansson goal. We'll play this for you as well. Uh, and then we'll get out of here. Oh, scared the heck out of me with that sound. Hopefully, I didn't get everyone else on YouTube. Uh, Phil Johansson, he picked up three points today. He's got a goal right here. There he is, wristing it into the back of the net. Picked up a goal and two assists today, and he assisted on a goal from Louis Erickson late in the game. Uh, so good stuff there from Phil Johansson. Uh, it's funny because earlier in this series, uh, Lucas Forcell, who's a fellow Canucks prospect, he ended up picking up three points. Uh, Johansson felt a little bit uh, like he wasn't in the game as much. He ended up uh, deciding to pick up three points of his own today in the SHL playoffs. So good stuff there. Uh, from Philip Johansson as well, uh, and all throughout. Uh, pretty nice little day for everybody uh, in the Canucks prospect pool system. Uh, quads, I do want to bring up one final thing. Um, the NHLPA released a the results of their player poll, where over 500 players were polled, and no Canucks showed up uh, in any of the answers from the players polled around the league. I think the biggest, the player that wasn't left there was Quinn Hughes on the NHLPA defenseman. Can we get this up, Alex, the NHLPA defenseman here? This is how the players You're voted wrong. for the top defenseman in the game. Oliver Ekman-Larsson 
made the vote. Not for best defenseman, for best dressed. Oliver Ekman Larson picked up votes. He was the only Canuck to pick up votes. So yeah. he was he was the only one, but yes, you just said it. Top defenseman in the game. Quinn Hughes re- continues to be underrated, uh, this time by players around the league as well. Um, obviously, Rasmus Dahlin, Adam Fox ahead of him. Uh, Eric Carlson, Roman Yossi, Victor Hedman, Kill McCarr. I'd say the only one that you really have an issue where you say who's the top defenseman I say the only real one is Rasmus Dahlin. Like I, I think Quinn Hughes is better than Rasmus Dahlin because I think a lot of this is their history as well of these defensemen. It's not who's having the best season this season because I think we've talked about it. Quinn Hughes is having a remarkable season. I think if he does it again next year, then he'll really start to get the respect he deserves. He's going to pick up more Norris votes than he did last year, and that's that's where you start, right? Like That's where you start if you're Quinn Hughes. Uh, if he puts together another really good season next year where he's playing those top minutes, which he will be, um, and you know defending really well, it's, it's not going to go... Uh, unnoticed any longer I think this might be the last player poll you see that doesn't have Quinn Hughes name on it yeah I think like I'd be curious to see who else got some votes and what percentage they got like Quinn Hughes has to at least have one percent of the NHL thinking he's the best defenseman in the league right like one percent of the NHL has to think that at this point and we'll see what happens with him moving forward we'll see what happens if he ends up playing with Philip Aronic tonight and they just roll through the rest of their careers together as partners for life so we'll see what happens with that, uh, but we're hoping for the, for a good game tonight. I know I have some excitement again. Um, it feels like um, with Canucks hockey specifically, this is how I'm playing. Commander Vander says 64% of uh, people are going to say Hironic is the top defenseman in the game uh, next year after watching him play. Maybe he, maybe he improves with Quinn Hughes, probably the best uh, defense partner that Hironic's ever had in his life. So we'll see. But it, uh, what I was trying to say there is we're at the point in the season, and I feel like this happens a lot of Canucks seasons, and then there's not – something to get you excited about a game, right? Like there are times where it is just a death march to watch this team in the final few months of the season. It's been like that with the playoff, the people that wanted to see this team in the playoffs, but you know, we've had some Archer C laws. We've had some arty parties over the last little bit. Like that's been a lot of fun, especially with this show. The arty party has been great, but at the same time, you, you now have Aiden McDonough around. You have some guys like Christian Willanen playing some higher minutes. You now have, Philip Peroni coming back, at least there's some things to keep us interested in this team, right? Because we've seen years where people have just not cared. Like, I, I, I can remember last season, like, watching some games late in the season where it was, like, a Sunday 3 o'clock game, and nobody is tweeting about it. Like, nobody on, is talking about it online or anything. At least people are going to be talking about Heronic tonight, right? And then people are going to be talking about McDonough on Saturday, still talking about Heronic on Saturday. Like, they are giving us at least some storylines and some interesting things to to keep us engaged on this team, though it costs them a first and a second round pick. At least there's something tonight to be excited about. Yeah, absolutely. And as uh, we've discussed, hopefully for next season as well, as they look to get some new season ticket holders. Right, Chris? Yeah, well, I'll tell you what, Leo Carlson just got named uh, best junior player and best U20 player in the SHL. So if the Canucks land him, they'll put him on the season tickets. Most underrated player. What do you got here, Alex? Alex wants to bring up something, I think. Maybe not. Maybe I think it's, it's just the fact that Alexander Barkov still is considered the most underrated player. Yeah, that's, like, that's you can't be the most underrated player nine years in a row. Hey, you know who I'd rock underrated. with? I think you're properly rated. I'd rock with Tate Thompson. I'm here with the, with the 4.3%. I think he's incredible. I love watching the D plays. He might be the one of my favorite players to watch play in the NHL right now. So. Is he underrated? I've seen a lot of Tate well, Thompson coverage. Yeah, I, I, I would, think, I would I know say Mika Zibanejad, Braden Point. No, I think uh, I think Tate Thompson like gets some hype because he's big, but like I think he's better than people even think. I, I, every game I've watched of him, I think he's one of the most dominant wingers in the game right now. That's where I'm at with Tate Thompson. I just I think that's that's the coverage I've seen is that that's the case. Anyways, let's go Betway. Get us out of here. All right, here we go. Betway, Betway, Betway. Unless we got Alex, did we get you, Alex? Do I have Alex muted? What's going on here? Producer Alex, everybody. No, I'm here. Okay. Alex just wants to yell about some stuff. What'd you, what'd you pull that graphic up for, Alex? Did I put that in there? No, but someone in the chat said it was uh, funny. Dominic said it was funny. Okay, I missed the chat here. I got my my uh, betway here in front of me. Anyway. Really? Really? A point about Barkov. Barkov shouldn't really be on there. No, it's ridiculous. He also got, he finished third in most complete player. <laughs> so how can you finish third in that and then be <laughs> underrated? Oh God, that's great, Alex. How you doing? You having, a, you having a good day, Alex? Good day so far, Alex. You've been busy. Oh yeah. 
Okay, good. People want to people want to learn more about uh, producer Alex here in the chat. We'll try and we'll get into Alex's life a little bit more later in the season. Uh, let's get to Betway. Okay. Yeah, Tyler Clevenson. Oh, we'll save that crap for the send stock, Alex. Let's get to Betway here. Let's go with this thing here. Uh, Betway, Betway, Betway. Here we go. Betway, Betway. Uh, Anthony Betvillier. I was going to try and mix up some sort of Betway thing. Uh, our first bet, either or, as you know, we love these over on Betway. Betway, Betway, the good stuff over there. Good folks over there. Betway, uh, bet the responsible way. Uh, and got to be 19 plus to play uh, in Ontario here. Betway, Betway, Anthony Bavillier or Brock Besser to score a goal in tonight's game. Uh, minus 138 over on the betting lines there. $10 bet's going to return you 17.27 over on Betway. You take your Betway money. What do you do with 17 bucks, quads? What's the best thing you can do for 17 bucks? Resign Christian Wolanin. Incorrect. It's uh, it's get a, a solid value menu items from McDonald's. You probably get five there, five value menu items. And you, okay, hold on a second. The old value menu items they like the McDoubles, a dollar eighty nine. They used to be. I, they're like they're three bucks now. Three fifty nine for a McDouble. You got to be anyways. So you got to hit on a few of these bets to be able to freaking afford McDoubles nowadays. Uh, so Bavillier or Brock Besser score a goal. Uh, minus 138, like I said, $10 bet returning to seventeen twenty-seven. Second one, the big one, uh, San Jose Sharks. And uh, I forgot the Artie Party music here. San Jose Sharks to win. That's right. I'm taking the Sharks to win over 6.5 total goals and JT Miller to pick up a goal in tonight's game. $10 bet there. That's going to return you 80. That's what calling it Artie Party when you're in that. Well, Artie Party, you take that 80 bucks. What do you do? You head down to McDonald's and. I like that. Boom! You take that eighty bucks from McDonald's. You're you're probably getting three or four chicken Big Macs with that. So you're laughing at that point. There you go. So Sharks to win over six point five total goals and JT Miller to score a goal. Ten dollar bet. That's going to return you eighty, and you're feasting like a king down there with uh, with that. Especially at McDonald's, I'll tell you that. I've had McDonald's on my mind. I I, okay. I held myself off from ordering it today, and now it's all bursting out of me because I just want it so goddamn bad. I'm done. All right. Well, you'll get some. You'll go get yours. Um, have you tried? Are we going to try the chicken Big Mac? Like, no, I don't need to. Are we going to do that? No, I don't need to. I know what it's all about. I've been getting them for yeah. years. I, I'll tell you, we'll take you out one time. We'll get you the land. Uh, uh, what is it? Land, air, and sea burger. You ever had that one? No, but I've heard about it. I've heard about yeah, it. It's yes, a, I've it's heard about it. A quarter pounder patty. Or no, you get a Big Mac, you take one of the patties out, you need a junior chicken patty, you put that in, then you put the filet fish on top. So it's a Big Mac, but it's got land, air, sea, filet fish chicken burger, and then just like the hamburger. There you go. Okay. Yeah. Very nice. All right, well, we'll close out there on that note. There we go. Um, thank you to everybody in the YouTube live chat for interacting with us. Canucks play tonight. We didn't even mention it. Sharks rinse out. Uh, that's the opponent tonight. So we'll be back tomorrow. Well, Harmon and Chris will be back tomorrow to break it down. But for now, signing off, my name is David Quadrelli. Uh, for our technical producer, Alex Dillard, and of course, my co-host, Chris Faber. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Canucks Conversation. Light it up, Alex. Where is it? There it is. Light it up, Alex! Woo! Big game against the Sharks tonight! Tank Nation! Thanks for listening to Canucks Conversation. Hit the subscribe button to never miss an episode. How about keep it to a thank you, Jim?